and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> one God. Um, blessed, blessed fast of Saint Mary. As some of you guys know, one of my favorite things. If you've talked to me uh, personally, if you've talked to me in a group or anything like that, I usually try to bring the Psalms up because that's one of my favorite things uh, that we have. So the Psalms are truly, 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 truly one of the most beautiful treasures that we have in the spiritual life. Not only because of the depth of prayer that it gives us, but also allows us to go deeper with God in our relationship with God, right? And it also contains a lot of a lot of theology, and they give us kind of a window into heaven. Okay. And one of these psalms that gives us that glimpse is Psalm 44 or 45, depending on the translation that you may have. But it's a beautiful psalm that talks about Christ and His bride, or God and His bride, right? Meaning the church. You could understand the bride to be Saint Mary. You could understand the bride to be the church, or you could understand the, the bride to be our own soul. Okay. The psalm says, Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people and your father's house, so the king will greatly desire your beauty, because he is your Lord. Worship him. You guys know, probably heard it so many times, if you've attended any Coptic wedding, it's the part where the bride fake cries uh, throughout it. <laughs> but you know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, by God's grace, I want to spend some time discussing the particular verse and how it relates to St. Mary and us. In the Wednesday Theotokias, which we say during Tazbaha, if, if you came here early today before Tazbaha, it was incidentally I was walking in and they were saying it. But it says, The Father looked from heaven and found no one like you. He sent his only begotten, that he came and took flesh from you. Okay? The Father looked from heaven and found no one like you. So he sent his only begotten Son, and he came and took flesh from you. So imagine how perfect of a human being you have to be for God to look down and say, yep, she's the one that I'm going to save humanity through. Or she's the one that's worthy to bear my own son. It's kind of like a guy that meets a girl of his dreams and says, yep, she's going to be my wife, like from the first look. Obviously, I'm using human metaphor to explain the great mystery. But you know what, what, I'm, what I'm alluding to. Like, St. Mary must have been the absolute perfect person that there could possibly be for her to be pursued by God. So as the psalm says, God greatly desired her beauty. Okay. So imagine being greatly desired by God. Like, how beautiful is that? It's not actually something that we have to imagine. It's kind of our reality, but I'll get, I'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> So anyways, we're obviously not talking about the physical beauty of St. Mary, uh, although I'm sure she's very beautiful. But I'm talking about her inner beauty, the hidden beauty of the heart. Like, like it says in Samuel, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God saw in St. Mary, saw her humility. He saw her purity. He saw her love. He saw her patience. He saw her kindness. He saw her peace, her joy, her contentment, her great gratitude, her grace, her mercy, her generosity, her obedience, her submission, and so on. And it's for those reasons that God desired her and pursued her okay, and found her worthy to bear his son. So in a sense, it's an image of God as a bridegroom who's after seeing the hidden beauty of St. Mary, is proposing to her 
And in a deeper sense, God is a bridegroom who's proposing to humanity through St. Mary. And she thankfully said yes on our behalf. So I know we always talk about Christ as the bridegroom, but it's also important to talk about God himself as my own personal bridegroom, the bridegroom to my own soul. So believe it or not, despite our limitations, despite our weaknesses, despite our sins, despite our unfaithfulness to God, he still desires us and pursues us with reckless abandon. Okay? He wants us to be in union with him. So when he looks at us, he sees nothing but beauty. And he's greatly desiring that beauty. He's greatly pursuing that beauty. Like he desired St. Mary because of her inner beauty. And some of you say, might, might say, well, I'm a sinner. I do this, this, and that. How could God possibly love me? How could possibly can he desire me? And you're right. By yourself, right? By myself, I'm ugly. Okay? But the beauty that God sees is not the beauty, it's not my beauty, but it's the beauty of Christ who lives in me. So as it says in the Song of Songs, it says, I am dark, but beautiful. So I'm dark because of my own sins, but I'm beautiful because of Christ who lives in me. So God sees that beauty, and that's why he's desiring me. That's why he's pursuing me. That's why he's proposing to me on a daily basis. So our God is not a distant or an impersonal or an invisible God. No. He's the bridegroom of our souls. It's on us whether we want to accept him as our bridegroom or not whether we want to be faithful to him or not. So God is a God whose ultimate desire is to be united to me and to each and every single one of us in an everlasting relationship. One author says the relationship that we have with God, he says, so it's so intimate, so permanent, so sacrificial, and so life-giving that it could only be described as a marriage between creator and creatures, between God and human beings. That's the type of relationship that God wants me to be in, in with him. So imagine God, like it completely blows my mind. Okay, so God who is ineffable, infinite, everlasting, timeless, immeasurable, incomprehensible, unchangeable, the creator of heaven and earth, the almighty one is desiring me and each one of every single one of us. Right, it kind of leaves you speechless at the extent of his love, of his mercy and of his grace. So like I understand why he would want somebody like St. Mary, but I don't understand why he would want somebody like me. But he wants me and he wants you. But here he is on a daily basis, pursuing me and proposing to me. He's proposing to me. But it's me who's keeping him on one knee. It's me who's saying no to him. It's me who might be saying yes, but deep inside, I don't really mean that yes. But the thing is, why am I keeping him waiting? What am I gaining by waiting? Like, what, can I, what else can I possibly be looking for in somebody else that God himself can't provide for me? Like, why am I not saying yes to him immediately? Because whatever it is, I can find it in him. Okay? If I'm looking for love, he's the source of it. If I'm looking for self-worth, he could provide it. If I'm looking for to be valued, he could give me that value. If I'm looking for healing, he could give me that healing. If I'm looking for peace, 
He's the king of peace. If I'm looking for forgiveness, he can offer me forgiveness. If I'm looking for eternity, he has that too. Okay, so there's no reason to wait. And if you don't believe me, let's, I'm just going to read three passages in terms of what God can offer us. The first one I'm going to read it from, is from Isaiah 54. It says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on me. So he can redeem us. He loves me. He gives me peace. And he can have compassion on me. All right, what else? In Hosea 2. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no, 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 no longer call me my master. For I'll take from her mouth the names of Baals, and they shall be remembered by their name no more. So the Baals were the idols, but at that time they were being worshipped. In that day I'll make a covenant for them with the beasts of the, in the, the field, the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. I'll betroth you to me forever. Yes, I'll betroth you to me in righteousness and justice. In loving kindness and mercy, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. So what can he give me? He can give me safety. He can make me righteous. He will give me love, kindness, and mercy. What else? <clears throat> Ezekiel 16. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was a time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath, an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be, not, and be confounded, and never open your mouth again because of your shame, when I forgive you all that you have done. So he could watch me, he provides for me, he protects me, he covers me, and he forgives me. So just from these three verses, we could, three, we could see three things. Besides what I mentioned. So the first one is the relationship between us and God is a marriage where God offers us his unconditional love, his unconditional compassion, his unending forgiveness, his healing, his peace, his protection, and so on. It's a gift being offered to us. Nothing that I have to do. Okay? One that's undeserved, but one that is much needed. All I have to do is say yes. Yes. The second thing is that the marriage is based on his forgiveness for me. So no matter how many times I'm unfaithful, no matter how many times I go back to that same sin or that same habit or whatever, that same relationship, whatever the case may be, he, he remains faithful in forgiving me. Okay? So it's a relationship based on forgiveness. And the third is that the relationship is not just about forgiveness alone, but at the core of it, it's really about my union with God which is what he's after. And that's what I should be after as well. As much as he's pursuing me, I need to pursue him. So just as God saw the beauty of St. Mary, God also sees my own beauty through Christ. And it's because of that he's desiring me. Okay. So St. Mary said yes to him. The question is, am I saying yes to God or not? He's down on one knee every single day. Am I saying yes to him or not? He's putting himself out there for me and he's offering me himself. 
in an indescribable union. There's no other relationship that I will possibly ever have that will give me what God Himself can give me. So it's because of her, yes, that St. Mary was found worthy to bear Christ. And not only bear Him, but also give Him to everybody else. And my yes could also do the same thing. Because if I do, then I too can bear Christ in me. When I have a relationship with His Father, I can have the Son in me too. Where it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Okay? So where Christ is actually formed in me, like St. Paul says. And like St. Mary gave him to the whole world, I too can give him to the whole world. Okay. But practically speaking, what does saying yes to God actually look like? So for that, I'm going to go back to the psalm that I quoted earlier, Psalm 44. And the psalm says, Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your own people also and your father's house, so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord, worship him. Or submit to him. So if you break that verse down, there are three different things that we need to do to say yes to God. The first thing is that I need to listen. I need to listen. If I love him, I need to obey his commandments. It's pretty straightforward. I want to seek his will in my own life and be a person that's after God's own heart like David was. So listen to what he's saying to you, be it in the Bible, in the church, through your father of confession, through nature, through other people, through little kids. God speaks, I promise you, he speaks. We're the ones that don't listen. Whatever he's saying to you, wherever he's saying it from or through, listen to him. For St. Mary, she listened. She didn't understand what was happening, but it didn't really matter to her. God told her to do something and she did. No questions asked. She said yes because she was listening to God. She wasn't selective about what she wanted, what, what she wanted and what she didn't want. So she wasn't saying, yeah, I'll take the annunciation, the joy of it, but I'll move, you know, remove from me the pain of the crucifixion. When saying yes, you endure all things for His sake. It's not a selective hearing that we sometimes do. So learn to recognize God's voice in your life. Okay, and that comes as you get closer to Him. I'm pretty sure if I walk in, into a room filled with, with all of you guys, and Cindy's here and as she's speaking, I know exactly where she is. Why? Because I know her voice. We're so close that I know her voice. Okay? From a simple hello on the phone, I know what kind of mood she's in. Why? Because I know her. I spent time with her. It's the same thing with me and God. To recognize His voice, I need to spend time with Him. Like Christ Himself said, My sheep know My voice. And they don't listen to a voice of a stranger. So the first step is to listen to God. The first step, step to saying yes to God is to listen to God. The second thing is to forget. Okay? So forget my past sins. Forget my former life. Forget the world. And the vain glory that comes with it. Forget anything that pulls me away from God. Christ said, No one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? That means if I look like if I'm holding on to something and I just keep looking back, I can't move forward. 
I don't know where I'm going. And he said this after he told somebody to follow him, and that person said, let me just go say bye to my fame. He was holding on, and that's why he's not, he wasn't fit for the kingdom of heaven. Because that requires for me to forget. So I can't, I can't move forward with God if I first don't move, removed from the past. Okay, removed from my sins and my habits, whatever the case may be. I can't focus on my relationship with God if I'm worried about what happened in the past or my habits or my sins that I'm scared to let go of. So just as a bride or a husband can't go into a marriage having feeling for their old partners, okay, I can't go in a relationship with God having feelings for my sins. Okay, I can't be holding on to them. St. Mary, when she was called on, she said yes. Okay, she, didn't, she wasn't worried about who's going to take care of this or that. She was serving the temple. She wasn't worried about, oh, let me just make sure that somebody's, somebody's going to take care of the temple and I'm not here. No, there's a yes, there's a me, yes, and she completely forgot what she was, what she had, right? Because God is the one that called. Last week was St. Paisa's commemoration. I don't know if you guys know about the life of St. Paisa, but it's a beautiful, beautiful story. So this saint was living, she grew up in a Christian household to very, very faithful parents. Her parents died and they were very rich, so they left her, obviously a large inheritance. So she initially had a hotel that she had for like travelers, people passing through the city or whatnot. People would stay there for free, she would take care of them. But eventually she ran out of funds. So what did she turn to? A life of sin. So she turned that hotel into a brothel. And you guys know what happens in a brothel. I don't need to explain. Okay? When St. John the Short heard about that, when her story like, was so big, they heard about it in the wilderness, he went to her and he told her, like he saw her, and he, he, as soon as he saw her, he was crying. She's like, why are you crying? He's like, because I see the devils playing on your face. So she was like, so he was encouraging her to repent. She was like, can, can there possibly be repentance for me? He said, yes, but not in this place. So she immediately got up, forgot her former life, and moved on to a life of repentance. She forgot. She wasn't tied down by the pleasures of the lust that she was experiencing, or any sin, any other sin that was happening at that time. The apostles, the disciples, when Christ saw them, he said, follow me. The Bible said, immediately they left their nets and their house and everything and followed Christ. Immediately. They forgot about everything. So in the life of St. Mary, in the life of St. Paisa, in the life of the disciples, we could see that they were no longer concerned for themselves or anything else. Once God called, it was an immediate yes. They completely forgot about everything else. It means saying yes to God means saying no to sin. Meaning saying yes to purity, no to lust. Okay. Meaning say to honesty and not deceitfulness. Or not lying, or not swear, whatever the case may be. Okay. Saying yes comes at a price. But who we gain is priceless, is invaluable. Okay. So the first step is to listen to God's voice in your life. Second step is to forget. forget. And the third thing is to worship, but worship Him through submission. Okay? Worship, if you think about it, is submission to God in everything. Submission is my free will offering to God. We have this terrible idea of submission, like I am, a, I'm a, I'm a slave. I'm this. I'm that. It's not. That's not submission. That's not Christian submission. Christian submission is that God is offering me everything. 
And in return, for, in, for his love, I'm giving him my free will offering to be obedient to him. Okay? So that submission is a response to his love, to his mercy, and to his grace towards me. It's an act of devotion. Okay? It's, the, it's that I showed God that I love him and I trust him. Pope Shenouda says, He who believes in God's love is watching over him, his wisdom and handling of his life, and believes that God does not does benevolence for him, yields his life, so gives his life, so submits his life to God's plan as God sees fit. So it's, my submi- it's a submission based on faith and trust in him. I give him my life without any conditions, without any guarantees, okay? because I know that he's going to do what's best for me. A Proverbs that says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give him your heart and let just watch what he does with it. Watch what he does with your life. So for Saint Mary, that's also what she did. She completely submitted to God's call. When Archangel Gabriel came to her, what was her first response? Behold, I made servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That was the last thing that she said in the whole in the whole response. But there was nothing else to be said. So the angel got this like left. What else am I going to say? She submitted to God. No other words need to be said. She essentially said, I am the clay and God is the potter. I'm the canvas and he's the artist. I'm the tablet and he's the writer. So whatever he wants to do, I will do. I'll humbly submit to it. And once she submitted to to God's will, look what she did. She bore Christ. She is worthy to bear Christ. So I too need to submit to God and be obedient to Him in whatever He wants me to do. The first step that we talked about, the listening and the forgetting, means nothing if I don't actually submit. I could forget. Sure, you want me to forget a sin? I'll forget a sin. I could listen, but it's a completely whole different ballgame to actually do. Okay? So God loves us with an everlasting love. He desires us. He yearns for us. He's pursuing us. He's proposing to us every single day. Every single day. And St. Mary's yes to God changed the course of history. And my yes to Him could also do the same in my life. And today, and really every day, God is proposing to me and you. The question is, will I say yes or no? If I do, then I need to listen, and I need to forget, and I need to submit. And glory be to God forever. Amen.